you think you know what is going on, the most important question that you need to ask yourself is, what else could it be? And signs and symptoms that, that we would consider very clear or obvious, okay? But then there's a lot more that are much more vague and, and very nebulous in, in their representation. And it's like one of the most important questions that you have to ask is like, what else could it be? And if you don't have anything to come back with, it's like that's when you've got to proceed with the greatest degree of caution. Because the minute you think that, that something is very clear and very obvious and it's falling into a, a much more complex domain, and, and there are so many more options that you don't know are possible, that's where you're starting to increase the risk. Welcome to Reconsider, I'm Bill Hartman. This is the podcast to challenge you to ask better questions, to look beyond traditional models of thinking and arrive at better health and fitness solutions. That's like the weekend uh, trainer, a new trainer going to a weekend course that's maybe physical, more clinician facing. And then it's the, yeah. what I like to call the toddler with a handgun scenario that on Monday they go into the gym and they're, they're equipped with these tools to work with people who are at the end of their compensatory path. But the person that is front of them just wants to lose 10 pounds and they move perfectly fine. And they're doing all yeah. this stuff to try to like get people to capture the insides of their feet and, you know, like uh, exhaling harder, try because they're hyperinflated or whatever, whatever thing they might've learned in XYZ course. Uh, they're just trying to throw that at these people just under the assumption that like everyone displays this thing, this sort of right. representation. It's, right. yeah, it's not. So I guess like what kind of what you're talking about, and I know this is, where let it, we let everybody kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit, but uh, you've been working on a course for um, decision about decision making. Okay. It's almost like the preface to like the book of Bill's model, or the preface to coursework in Bill's model, or if there was to become like a, you know like a college level course of it. It's like how do we create a student that can think well and knows how to make decisions first. Uh, right. And a lot of that is like not, not latching onto models and representations in these sort of movement, health performance models, and then making that just the archetype for everybody. It's, right. it's, you know, using these tools and understanding that these end game representations are where someone might be able to end up. But like, how do you decision make and ask the right questions to to reverse engineer things? I mean, that that's probably right. one of the one of the models, mental models. Well, that is, yeah. It, like when you when you look at like again, this this is this is the reason why you need a, a series of mental models because we're dealing with something that's crazy complex. Where in many cases we will have we will have proxy measures and representations of what we think is happening from from a strategy standpoint, but this is why you have to gather information. This is why you have to have a, a, a reasoning process. The mental models are are ways to simplify these crazy complex situations. But but you have to understand like okay when is this one when is so if I'm going to invert a problem it's like okay how does that work. Like, like, why would I even consider do, right? Yeah, um, you have to you have to let, understand. Let's uh, let's so let's define what inversion is before you get into. It, yeah, so in, inversion is is 
I mean, in its simplest form, it's like, what do you not want to do? Like, like this is the avoidance. This is the avoidance of stupidity, right? So, so this is this is creating the worst case scenario and saying, this is what I don't want to see happen. If I wanted the worst case scenario to happen, how would that? How would I arrive at that? And it's like, don't do that, right? So you're just you're just reversing. You're just reversing the 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 situation. So you have an understanding of what to avoid, because. Um, it, we we have to bring up Charlie Munger when you talk about this kind of stuff, right? That's the rule. Of course. Well, just any mental models, you're going to have to bring up Charlie Munger, most yeah. likely. So, so so he he I don't know. Did he, these things have been around since the beginning of time? But um, you know, he was he's the guy that gets a lot of credit because he's the one that that brings this up a lot, and obviously was a very intelligent human being, and. And you know, brilliant in regards to to how he sort of simplified everything by by utilization of these these mental models. But uh, and then he doesn't get he shouldn't get credit for inversion. And the the name escapes me as to as to who was the I believe it was French. Yeah, Charlie Munger just passed. He just ago, passed right? away like last month. Yeah, at ninety nine yeah. years old. So that's pretty solid. Um, but. But but again, from the inversion standpoint, it's like it's like just the avoidance of stupidity leads to much more success than trying to come up with some amazing solution to things. And, and so inversion. Carl Gustav Jacob Jacobi, nineteenth century mathematician. Oh, there you go. Thank you. His his yeah. uh, his Inverted theory always in was trans. Yeah, that's translated it from German to. I wonder what it is in German. I would love to be able to yell that in German. <laughs> Inverts always inverts always invert. You can look that up too. Yeah, we can we can probably find that out for you because we we have German people in the network, so, so <laughs> we can we could probably find somebody that can that can translate that for us and give us a give us a nice nice little uh, uh, representation of that. But Man yeah, Lucy that, that, Umkeren. That's probably yeah, well. That's not completely. That, <laughs> Let's not be insulting to all of our fine. Oh, apologies to all of our German <laughs> viewers as I butcher your your native language. But but just understanding that, and it, and it sounds, and, it, and people say, well, that's just common sense. You would want to avoid it, but people don't think like don't intentionally think. It's like like what would be the worst thing that I could possibly do here, right under this circumstance. You know, like some of the things that you might consider in the gym is like somebody walks in, they go, yeah, you know, it hurt. It, it, my knee hurts when I do that split squat thingy. And then you go, well, just keep trying. Well, that would be the wrong thing to do. Right. Instead of. Yeah. Like, that's. Oh, I probably so don't want to do that. Right. Well, but it's just like, just work through it. It'll get better. It's like, well, you don't know that. It's like, it would be better to to formulate a plan where you would actually avoid those things that are reproducing some, some measure of discomfort. And like I said, it seems obvious, but but yet it, it's not commonly done. Right. Yeah. And so we have to and consider kind of knowing part of the process. Right. And, you know, having the knowledge and experience to know, like, when those instances, when those instances come up where you do actually want some level of discomfort. Right. People, right. surgical patients that need to restore movement through a joint that's like been restricted just through scar tissue. Sometimes they have to go in and actually like physically destroy it a bit. And that will cause. We use the word remodel instead of destroy. That seems like remodel. How about we talk? Well, about I'm just, I, I just think of the people that have had like one, for instance, one, one of my good friends has had like a bunch of surgeries because he got in a terrible motorcycle accident. And they, when he's asleep, they have had to go in and basically like 
jam his joint into position because it's so bound from not moving right. for eight months. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a desensitization process that takes place in certain circumstances where, where there will be discomfort experienced. And, and, but again, those are selective in, in, in when you would, would choose to do that. It's not every situation. And so oh, again, yeah. having, having some, some foundational understanding as to when that would be an appropriate applied strategy would be, would be useful. And that's an experience um, thing. So I can categorize that into, into four, hang on. So there's, there's, there's four stages. There's 12 steps, but four stages. So you have to gather Perfect. information. You have to give, give meaning to the information. You have to act on the information and then you have to update that information. Okay. So, so it's gather give it meaning and then act that's the actual intervention based on your on your decision and then mm -hmm. you have new information and then that's the updating does that make sense so okay. gather give meaning act and update but within that like i said those are the the the, the 12 steps basically so we had mentioned we had already mentioned like the concept of reverse engineering and inversion sure. um right. And then those those kind of exist more in the give meaning stage. Yeah, absolutely. Things. Yes, sir. Yes. So sir. maybe so. Let's let's talk about so. For context, Bill has created a decision making framework course. In hopes of because one of the problems that we see, like as someone who's been an educator myself and run like internships and in staff and been like the head of education for staff development at different gyms and and um, uh, strength and conditioning departments, it's like you almost have to teach someone how to. It's like teaching someone how to fish versus giving them the fish. Everyone kind of just wants the fish, but if you really right. want to make like an excellent practitioner, you have to learn. They have to learn how to ask the right questions, and they need to learn like this sort of framework of like. Okay, well, how do I make decisions in the most efficient way? Like, how do I take right. the information that I have, put it into like this framework that that might not even exist in my mind yet? So it's like we got to teach the person first how to build that. And that's kind of what we're going to try to do. Like your the course will eventually be like 12 sections of all of these things, but if we're to if we're to boil that down, which I know you love to do, uh, to create to create a little, little more, little more bite-sized nuggets of of wisdom, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a two-hour course into a twenty-minute podcast. We're gonna try to talk about four different sections of breaking right. that twelve parts down. So, but here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing about this. So, so we're talking about a decision-making process, but this is also how you learn. This is literally the same thing. Yeah. One of the, one of the one of the the common questions that I get is people make an assumption that there is a resource or a paper that explains all of this stuff. And it's like, that doesn't even exist. It's not even close. And, and what people don't want to do, or they fear, or they try to avoid is actually doing the, the work of literally gathering information first from a number of different places. So I'll give you like a, for instance, I have over 1200 resources in my Evernote uh, notebooks. Like they're all categories in notebooks. And it's like, which one of those is the most meaningful? Well, 
None of them is the most meaningful. All of them contribute. It either supports an idea, con contradicts an idea, right, or presents something new. Yeah. And so you that it's that exposure that that allows you to develop these filtering systems so you can call bs on something you can say but that doesn't hold weight in this circumstance or that doesn't seem to apply in this circumstance and that's how you evolve like what it is that you understand or what you can express or how you do give meaning to things because what's going to happen is no matter what you're exposed to you already have a world view of everything you've already decided how that information is going to affect you or challenge you, change your mind, not change your mind. Like you've already made that decision before you're exposed to anything. So I right. could give you, I could give you information about something and, and right away, it's like either you understand it, you don't understand it, um, or it's in such conflict with what you think you understand. It's like you are going to immediately become defensive or you're going to accept it blindly because you don't have an argument against it. And it's like, so So when we're gathering information, part of this process is being exposed to a whole bunch of stuff and having all of these conflicting ideas that you're exposed to because you're the one that's going to have to eventually filter this out. And then, and then the second step of this is to give meaning to it. And, and so, so people want a resource. Like they, they think that they think that because I have been through this, that there is some sort of easy way to do this. And there's not, but there is a way to do it. And it, it's through all of these exposures. And so when we're talking about gathering information, it's like, it's part of the sucky process, right? Because it's, it, because you're going to be exposed to a whole bunch of conflicting ideas. And then you have to decide, it's like, well, this is going to be useful. This is not going to be useful. But you, you don't even know what those, like, you don't even know what useful and not useful is yet when you're first exposed right. to it. And it's, you know, it's you gathering information. You have to run it through whatever frameworks currently exist in your mind. And if you don't have access, if you don't know what you don't know, which is the case for a lot of people, the, the frameworks that you're going to use are not very sophisticated. Um, especially now that we live in a world of like instant gratification. And if you want information, you don't need to remember anything. You can just go get it. Right. And then right. you, you process whatever you answer you find, and then you just throw away the, the, the information because you don't need it anymore. So you can just go get it again. But it's like gathering this information, actually having a framework to like filter the information through is what's important. And, Having that framework be as close to the frameworks that exist for all of the other things that you do in your life is like very beneficial. So it's like, does your, does do the mental models of like how you treat patients, does that also like how you, you know, diagnose something? Is that also how you learn new information? It's like there should always be some level of coherence to each thing that uh, each mental model or framework that you use. So yeah, that's, that's the, the first step. The first two steps really are like that gathering of information and then giving meaning to that information would be number two. Mm -hmm. um, it's in the outline. So you're gather the information. You sort of define problems. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what where to go next. So. The, the gathering would would be would end at number three on your little syllabus there. Okay. Right, right. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking like if we have we if we've talked enough about 
gathering information and giving meaning if we're just sort of not necessarily glossing over these topics, but just briefly touching on each of them. Okay. So, so the, the end process. So, so once you, once you've accumulated information, one of the, one of the bigger challenges then is determining what is meaning, what is meaningful, like, like what bits of information are necessary, useful or helpful. And, and a lot, and there, there are certainly there's, there's processes that you can use to determine that. Right. And so this is why we were talking about inversion. We were talking about inversion earlier. It's, it's like, so I need to determine, it's like, well, what would be in, in this problem situation? What is the undesired outcome? That's, that's your process of inversion. And it's like, well, how could I create that? And then that immediately moves you away from, from those processes towards something that might be useful, but at least you've eliminated elements right off the bat. You say, I have this much information. I immediately know that I don't want anything to go in this one direction. I don't want a terrible outcome, right? I don't want to inflict pain upon someone. And so that's going to immediately eliminate a number of selected activities in, in let's just say we're in a training scenario. I've immediately eliminated a number of activities like say, it always hurts when I bend my knee. Okay, so we can't do activities that re that rely on on a bending knee, right? So, what activities can I do that don't influence that that don't negatively influence that scenario? So that's a guide. Now, it doesn't mean that all of the other activities that are possible are still useful. It just means that I've eliminated a number of them. That is that is how we start to filter this information. This is how we give meaning to, to information that is useful versus information that is not useful. Yeah, and the, the long way to figure out what's useful versus what isn't is you, you act with the best interests of the person in front of you involved, and then right. you sort of see what happens. And then you use a feedback loop to kind of update the process again, and then you're back to the the gathering and giving meaning stage because you're looking at the results and the outcomes right. that you got from whatever you decided. And and then you're gonna now you're gonna run into two sources. So when you talk about like what what information is meaningful. So if I am researching a topic, then I have to say, well, well, where did I get this information? And the unfortunate circumstances, like most people are gonna say, well, I got it from social media. Okay. Yeah. And and that becomes that becomes a bit of a challenge because everybody and their sister can produce content. Most people that produce content, 80% of people that, that produce content are content consumers. So they're just repeating stuff. They're repeating things that they heard. Right? They haven't taken it through a filtering system. They're just saying, oh, that's an interesting topic. Well, that sounds important or that sounds useful or that sounds neat. I'm gonna do that too. And then that gets perpetuated. And then there's a volume of that that gets exposed. And then people immediately start to think, well, that's what it, that's the, that's the correct answer. Because the, the, the bias is, is it's an, it's called an availability bias. It's like, it's like the more yeah. of something that is available means that it must be true. And that's not, 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 not even remotely the case. Right. That, and, yeah. That's and, the, and, that's the danger of 
like what you're saying, social media, because if it's someone has like a post about the unlocking the psoas, and then all of a sudden, all of your yeah. all of your patients have a psoas issue, right? That's been yeah. the answer all along. And all I needed was oh, to go, yeah, exactly. All I needed was to go yeah. onto my Instagram account. Yes, and no, I solved it. It's it's like, and then if you can't if you can't if you can't discern between between good and bad because you just don't have the you haven't acquired the filter yet. It's like that becomes that becomes part of the problem, you know. If 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 um, so, and we'll just use comparative, right? So if I get something off of somebody's YouTube channel or their Instagram or whatever, or I go to the peer-reviewed research, like one of them can hold more weight than the other, depending on the source that's providing it, right? Or the perceived authority if you will because there's people sure. that have perceived authority that will express an idea and they're as fos as everybody else is but they might have some fancy letters behind their name which gives them give them more perceived authority they might speak with great confidence that gives them more authority but that doesn't necessarily make it more true and and again we that's this is why we have to use use a variety of of sources and resources to allow us to develop our filtering system. Right. It's always going to come back to that because, because again, the way you take information in is based on what you are capable of understanding. What have you been exposed to in the past? Um, there's a lot of experiential uh, elements to this. Um, when we when we talk about like like how you um, will perceive someone else's uh, content, right? But again, if you, if you walk in there without that. Then you, and it's kind of like I, I always said, you know, like some of these um, um, systems that get promoted and perpetuated, and then they become very, very popular. It's like, so if I, if I, if I take a, a, a low barrier to entry, entry industry, let's just take the fitness industry, for instance, like it doesn't, like you can literally put on a tank top and call yourself a coach, a trainer, or whatever you want, you want to call yourself. Like there's no, no required foundational understanding of anything going into that. And then somebody presents you with a piece of information that is novel and interesting, you'll immediately adopt that because you don't have any defense against it. Whether it's right or whether it's wrong, whether it's useful or whether it's not, you don't know, you just start doing it. And then we run into the availability situation again, right? Because the next guy that has the same starting conditions that you did believes the same thing. And then you both believe it. And then now we're, now we're dealing with a crowd of people that all have the same belief system, even though it might be unfounded. Maybe it does. I don't know what, depending on what we're talking about, but this is how stuff gets perpetuated, right? And then again, because of the increased availability, people make an assumption of truth and we can't do that. Yeah. And I think, I think, so let's, let's take the, the example that I was using as a joke and try to apply it to this framework. So, and I think to simplify, even though we've already simplified this greatly into like gathering information, giving meaning to that information, acting upon that information, and then updating the pro the thought process and the framework based on the outcomes. Right. That's a pretty simple way to process what we're talking about. But in terms of like something that's a little more context dependent, if I was to go, you know, if I, if I'm a trainer, let's say I'll build a story here. If I'm a trainer, I see a lot of folks with back pain because, you know, 85% of people in the world experience back pain at some point in their life. It might even be higher than that now. Um, and then I see some posts that's like really well, uh, produced and has a lot of follows and tons of comments. And is just, I keep seeing it everywhere. And someone's talking about releasing the psoas as being like this cure all for back pain. 
that shouldn't be where the process stops for you. It shouldn't be like, I see a post, it's, it's, well, it's well liked and received by other people on social media, so I'm just gonna use this information blindly with people. It's, what we're offering is run this information through this framework, ask the questions, like gather the information, give meaning to it, ask, keep mm -hmm. asking questions until you can't anymore. Think about the, the negative secondary consequences of what you might be doing. It's like if anytime you, someone prescribes you a drug, you should always try to look at the potential side effects <laughs> because it's not, it's not this sort of thing that's being offered as this like panacea, like this cure all. That's when that this BS meter that we're trying to help you develop for yourself should be just blinking and going off. It's like, well, let's think about all of these different contexts that I have laid before me. Like I have an 80-year-old woman. I have a 20-year-old uh, baseball player. I have a 14-year-old female golfer who has scoliosis. It's like, okay, well, does that mean that all of them need to have their psoas released? What will the consequences be of me doing this one thing on all three of these different people? And those are that's why like a framework like this is really necessary because it if, if we're going to have like inversion be one of these overarching principles and mental models, it's like, well, I don't, I probably don't want to put an old brittle woman whose connective tissues are like closer to bone than anything uh, and like jam her onto this hard plastic instrument that's going to go into her gut. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the consequences of that are going to be, but if I'm, if I have a, if it's well, people don't think reasonably like this. So it's like, Think about it from that perspective. Take a step back from this scenario. Ask the questions like, is this really a safe to fail experiment on an 82 year old woman who just wants to like increase her bone density? Probably not. So like, don't just do it because uh, such so-and-so who has 500,000 followers on Instagram said that this is the one hack for everyone's low back pain. Well, but then they come out with the next video. That's the one exercise that you need to do, or the or the the one source of everything. Because it right? gets clicks. It's like the five yeah. things that cure everything. Like what a terrible. I love I love the only three exercises that you need to do for X, and then they come out with another one. The only three exercises that you need. It's like well, yeah, really? and then there's like it's only there's a sort of. And then there's like, you know, the farther they get into their career, there's like these retrospective posts that are like, oh, you know, I used to say this, but like, I don't do that anymore. It's like, well, yeah, but five years ago, you made a video that would make it seem like these are the only things that you do. And these are the only things that everyone needs to do. Right. It's yeah. Right. Just the, the, one of the one of the questions, like, when you think you know what is going on, the most important question that you need to ask yourself is, what else could it be? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Right. Like there's certain signs and symptoms that, that we would consider very clear or obvious. Okay. But then there's a lot more that are much more vague and, and very nebulous in, in their representation. And it's like one of the most important questions that you have to ask is like, what else could it be? And if you don't have anything to come back with, it's like, that's when you've got to proceed with the greatest degree of caution. Because the minute you think that that something is very clear and very obvious and it's falling into a, a much more complex domain, and, and there are so many more options that you don't know are possible, that's where you're starting to increase the risk, right? And it's kind of like you said, it's like you're no longer in that safe to fail range of, of experimentation because you don't have enough experience to go with it because yeah. experience is, is 
People will poo-poo because they like wiggle it. Well, in my experience, it's like, okay, who is saying that? Right? Who is saying that? Is it somebody? Okay, and and I'm I'm not patting myself on the back because it would it would hurt really bad. It would hurt my shoulder. But it, um, but I have been a I have been a physical therapist and I've been working at getting better for the last 33 years. Okay. Now, if I say something with a degree of confidence, it's going to be based on what I think I understand, what have I applied in the past, the results that I have gotten. So I have a very strong experiential um, element to, to my opinions. If I take, talk to a physical therapist that's been out for less than a year, and he says, in my experience, um, I'm not listening. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm yeah, putting so that one down. I'm putting that one down. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that that person lacks intelligence. It just means that that the degree of experience that he's speaking from is so much more limited, right? That it it it, it and maybe it holds weight, maybe it doesn't. But the point being is, you know, it, it's I always make the joke about the twenty five year old life coach. It's like I would never get twenty five year old life coach. talk about the twenty three year old. The 23-year-old life coaches who are only really capable of coaching 15-year-olds. Yeah. And, and it's like, that'd be cool. It's like, because you used to be 15. You got, you got, well, you know, they make, they make experience. That's fine. They make excellent camp counselors, Bill. That's what a 23-year-old yeah. life coach does. They make the greatest camp counselors because the 12 to 14-year-olds that are at your camp, you have so much awesome wisdom to impart on those kids. But if right. you're trying to train a 46-year-old C-suite level executive about like how he should organize his nutrition and his daily routines. It's like, get out of here. This person could be <laughs> your dad. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like unless you're, yeah. That stuff has to be weighed. Like you just have to weigh yeah. like, and, and again, it's it, the, the unfortunate circumstances is that if you are not well prepared. So if you don't have a foundational understanding of, of any level of basic science, it's like, you're not going to, there's a lot of things that you're not going to understand. Right. There's a lot of things that, sure. that would naturally make sense to you. Like, and, and I don't want to harp on this because I am not a physicist by any stretch of the imagination. I hate the mathematics that's associated with it. But I, I do have some foundational understanding that helps guide some of my processes. And if, if I didn't have that, then my, my bullshit detector is, is so much more inferior under those circumstances because then, again, I will believe things. You know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pick on people, but I will pick on flat earthers because it's kind of easy. It's like, you know, there's, there's way too much evidence against that than to, to believe that. It's like, and then so they're going to try to see everything in, in that perspective because they're either afraid or, or they're, they're unwilling. Um, to to take in new information that, that would make sense. And everybody's going to be like that to, to, to some degree. Um, and, and so we, we just have to take such things into consideration when we're talking about the source and we're talking about the level of experience that, that we do have. Because not everybody's experience is, is equal. We, again, I'm not judging people on intelligence here. I'm just judging it on like how many exposures. Like, let's go back to your psoas example for like, let's say psoas and low back pain. Okay. Which would be kind of ridiculous, but but it's like, well, how many how many people have you seen with lower back pain? And and, and it's like again, just a comparison. Let's see, the physical therapist has been out a year. What is the highest number of people they could they could possibly see? And I've got thirty three years of experience of people with lower back pain. It's like I have so many more uh, options and possibilities based on my experience that I can, that I can quickly expand or narrow my viewpoint as I see fit based on on 
my experience on how to start something and then based on the responses to what I intervened with. Right? So this is acting now we're into the, to the point of acting on information. It's like, based on all of this information that I've gathered, I've selected out the important stuff based on my experience. Okay. I've given meaning to that. So I'm saying based on this information, here's what I think is going on to the best of my capabilities. Here's going to be the best intervention under those circumstances. I have a lot more of that because, and again, not, not, you know, touting my laurels. Does that, does that seem like a reasonable uh, expression? Right. <laughs> you know, resting on my laurels or I don't. I, yeah. I don't know. Hoisting but, yourself but it, by your own petard. <laughs> That's not, that doesn't apply at all. I just love the, the phrase. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, but, but point being is, is like, I've just got a lot more to draw from. I've made more mistakes than, than somebody that's been out a year, right? I've had to recover yeah. more of these things. It's like, so from a strategy standpoint, from an understanding standpoint, it's like, that's how you can select things out. That's how you know what's more meaningful under most circumstances. That's why my interventions might be a little bit more, more specific and, and accurate from the get-go versus something that's vague. And I have to sort of narrow it down over a, a longer period of time. I can, I, can, I can hit the home run on the first try because I've just been there more often. Yeah. I think coming into this with like the certain level of hubris and like understanding that you're wrong, like the things that you're doing, something about the process that you're undertaking is wrong, but that's why there is this update portion of the framework. There's why there's this feedback loop at the end. So often yeah. I think the biggest problem with people who, where there's a low, where we're talking about low barrier of entry professions, like training, where you have a trainer who's good at training themselves. They can get a certification over the weekend. They can work at Planet Fitness on Monday um, if they want. They only have one aspect of this sort of framework, and that's like act. They know they get, they don't even really gather information. They just kind of steal information and then they act upon it. And then they don't, there's no feedback loop. Or there's no means of updating based on what they're, what they're seeing because they don't possess these other abilities to gather and give meaning to the information. So that's like what needs to come first. It's like any, any profession, really any sort of education system and structure should have this type of decision-making framework offered to them, like right. students in university setting. And at least in America, this is not, people like to call it critical thinking skills, but that's not really what it is. Um, Cause that, that there's I, elements I think, of that there's elements of critical yeah. thinking within the process. Yeah. Can you talk but, about the difference? I think that would be useful for people. Uh, so, so um, this this comes down to like like reasoning styles and such when you're talking mm -hmm. about like deduction, induction, abduction, right? So so you you have general concepts that are absolutely true that we can apply to certain situations. We have we have things that have a higher level of uncertainty because they would be a little bit more specific um, it, within within a context, and then there's situations. And this happens a lot that, and I don't think it gets talked about enough is that I'm making decisions on a great deal of incomplete information. And, and that's a lot of what we do um, because we work with in such complex situations where there's so many unknowns that we have to make like, what is the most probable, you know, uh, uh, reason choice in this 
circumstance. And again, this comes back to, to expanding your, your experience under the circumstance because it allows you to have more of those options available so you can reduce a problem down to something that, that might be more knowable under the circumstance, or you can do something that eventually gives you some measure of recognition of what's actually going on. And that, so it's, but that, yeah. again, the experience has a lot to do with that. It, it, if um, I suggest you watch, uh, uh, what is it, um, the Sherlock Holmes movies mm. with, with Robert Downey Jr. Because that's the suggestion. You, you, well, it, it allows you to actually see. Yeah. So you, you, when you get to the end of the movies, he explains how he figures stuff out, which means that right. he needed foundational levels of knowledge of many things. And then there's certain All things right. that were true that he could make assumptions off of. And there's certain things that were fairly uncertain, but he can make associations with it. So so it, it gives it gives you a great representation of how that process actually I works. I think everyone everyone needs to know that like Bill's favorite actor is Bruce Willis, and that like that's that that's the type of that's the type of person that's making this suggestion i would make the suggestion of watching the sherlock series on the bbc with benedict cumberbatch as a way of sort of seeing this. it's a much it's a much better representation it's much more well written and the if thing read, is if you read the if you read the stories read yes I, like i've actually read i've actually read i've actually read read the, sir arthur conan doyle's book yeah like they're yeah. Fan, they are fantastic yeah or um, there's actually batman, there's actually batman book. comics Batman comics yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, there's actually there's actually a, a, a book that, that I believe it's called Think Like Sherlock Holmes um, mm. that that uses that uses the stories to teach you how to use deductive and inductive reasoning because again it is, it is something that that you're not just going to do it you know uh randomly like maybe you pick it up through some sort of mentoring but but generally speaking most people have to learn how to do this but it, right. it also it requires a broad scope of exposure people again we go back to the the comment they made earlier it's like people think that there's a resource that oh all i gotta do is read this and then i'll have an understanding of it it's like no you need you need this broad base of 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 knowledge and understanding it's like the more views that you have on something this is what what provides you that that opportunity to, to develop these reasoning skills if you if you if you have you know one path that you've taken it's like you don't have a broad scope of, of understanding of anything right so that that sort of abduction induction uh deduction was it's mostly going in the gathering and giving meaning portion of the framework um it's 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 actually it's actually so when you're determining what your intervention is, is you're going to, you're going to use a lot of reasoning skills to determine what is the best course of action. So when we mm -hmm. talk about reverse engineering, so, so deduction actually works backwards, right? So, so when we're talking about reverse engine, so we talk about reverse engineering movement because we have a foundational archetype that represents sort of like the beginning initial conditions. And then we have measurements that we take on someone that gives us the current like point B representation. We want to go back to point A, which is the foundational archetype. So we talk about reverse engineering a lot. So we use deduction a, a great deal because we, we have an understanding of the process that moves us in a certain direction. So, so actually when you're determining the intervention, you're going to use a lot of the reasoning skills okay and then deduction is the reverse engineering component induction mm -hmm. is what so uh, again this is this is a little bit more of like a like a a, a representation of 
there, there's a little bit more um, un uncertainty. So it would be considered like, so there's an observation that I make, and then I develop a hypothesis from that. So, so it doesn't require that, that my observation is necessarily true. So it's a little bit more probabilistic when I talk about induction versus deduction. So deduction is based on, on a truth, and then I deduce from there. So that's the difference. So one would be considered like a top-down representation of a thought process, and one would be more of more of like a, a bottoms up. So so I can base like a deduction off of a theory. So a theory would have a much stronger foundation of truth. Whereas an induction is like I'm observing something and I'm going to formulate my hypothesis off of that observation, knowing that it may not be true. Yeah, because there's, there's so whatever you're using, observing. I'm using empirical data. Like I'm using like yeah. what is as the data, whereas when I'm making a deduction, there's already been a truth that's established. Um, like, you know, um, like gravity, like they, they'll say that gravity is Study. a theory. Yeah. Right? But, but it's got a lot of evidence behind it, right? Like we, right. we, we kind of can accept it as an absolute. And so I'm going to work off of that. Whereas if I'm if I'm observing the interaction of a group of people, I'm going to make some assumptions about them based on what I'm observing. And so that may not be true. And so I'm, I'm going to formulate my hypothesis. If I see certain types of behaviors, I'm going to say, well, that person is like this. And so there's a there's an element of probability in that that may not be true. Just but just because I'm observing them in this one context, I'm making more assumptions in an induction. Right. And I'm making a lot of assumptions in regards to abduction, which is why experience becomes so much more important under those circumstances because of the degree of unknowns. Okay. So when you as you're going from levels of certainty, deduction is more of your principles based, like well researched, supported. Uh, yes. theories induction is more of like is more of like an observation that you can perceive to be true in this specific instance but you're, you have to only theorize based on that right. well you're going to hypothesize so, so again yeah. don't, you don't don't can so so theory is going to be a much stronger representation of truth hypothesis is going to be it's it's making an assumption so so here here would be the difference there's certain things that are truthful that i don't have to test They've been tested over time, and we can accept those as truth. So when I, when I'm when I'm using an induction, I'm I'm I have to actually do something to confirm or deny my hypothesis. So this is where we would have to to run the experiment. So yeah, and, and again, when you look at abduction and induction, there are there are a lot of similarities because both are probabilistic, um, and it's like there's a lot more probability in in the abductive representations. There's a lot more experimentation that has to play, take place because what I want to do is I want to take my abduction and I want to move it towards induction and then eventually deduction. Even if I may not be able to fully um, recognize the truth, I'm going to get closer and closer and closer to it over time and through sure. repetition. And that's, that's again, that's the huge difference between having 30 years of experience as a physical therapist versus Bill as a one-year physical therapist who knew nothing, like essentially right. nothing. At that, for, at that so it's point. like the the deductive reasoning should be like the foundation of the case that you're building. It's like it's going to allow you to create this framework of things that are mostly accepted as true, like your principles that you're going to kind of like hang 
this you're hanging all of your thoughts and the data onto this framework and the inductive and abductive components of it you're going to kind of filter them through the deductive piece that you already went through right it's like that's your that's your sort of checks and balances right so so if if you're going to make a deduction the predictability is very very high relative to let's say an induction yeah so higher probability as i work as I work my way through deductive, inductive, abductive. Correct. Correct. Understood. Yes. Like okay. predictive capability goes down. It's like yeah. it's, it's it's the difference between chess and poker. Yes. Chess chess has a lot higher level of predictability than than poker does. Right. Like, yeah. The the constraints are are very specific and very right. confined. Uh, right. the available moves are very constricted as well. Although there are tons right. of moves, it's still on. You're still stuck on this board, right? Uh, like the the pieces don't change. Their capabilities don't change. The combination of pieces um, will will vary based on on the board. But the board becomes the constraint, right? Yeah. So why we so we we talk about chess boards, you know, when when we talk about our measurements um, in regards to to movement. Because those would represent the most objective measures that we could possibly take under the circumstance, and then we give those those meaning. We just have to understand like how those measures are generated um, to to allow them to become an elements of the deductive element of reasoning. Cool. So we've let's summarize here to kind of wrap this up. Mm -hmm. We've talked about mm -hmm. taking a, a twelve step framework of decision making that you are working on as like a course and we've boiled it down to four sections of gathering information giving meaning to that information acting upon that information and then making updates to your framework based on the outcomes right and then we've we've talked about how different types of reasoning between deductive based on going in order of like predictive nature of each so highly predictive being deductive components, the less predictive being the inductive and the most experiential, least predictive component being the abductive reasoning. Abductive. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that are going to help you navigate these four sections of gathering, giving meaning, acting, and updating. Yes. Okay. Very good. This is another, review. Very another riveting podcast. <laughs> Well, but see, but this stuff is important. Yeah. Because people people think that they'll automatically know something just by, by being exposed to it. And it's like, it doesn't really work that way. You know, the the like the, the shortcut is to do the work and to, to spend the time. Like that's that's literally how how you're going to get better and better and better at this. And then, you know, hopefully you continue to get like better. Like yeah. my goal is to continue to get better, better at this. Like I had, to learn, I, yeah. I had to learn all of this stuff so I could I could ask the right questions so I can gather the right information so I can give it meaning. And then, again, it's this, it's this endless cycle of these four stages, whether you're trying to learn something new or whether you're trying to interact with with a patient, a client or whatever. Yeah, I always challenge people to continue to keep that level of like childlike inquisitiveness you know it's like always be that always be the kid in the back yeah always be the kid in the back of the car that's like annoying their parents asking them questions and then when the parents tell them the answer they go well why and then they say something else and they go well why 
And then they say something else. And they're like, well, why? It's like, keep doing that. Don't feel bad. If you're in a room of people right. listening to this, listening to this information and this person is presenting something with confidence and everyone is just nodding their heads in agreement, it's like you can be the person to raise your hand and say, like, well, why though? Why is that happening? Why why do we just have to blindly agree upon this information? Uh, and I, I would offer that too to like anyone listening to these podcasts, like comment, tell, tell us why, like we're full of shit. <laughs> That's fine. Like I, it's, you know, I, I ask myself that question I constantly. That I think they're, I think they're already, that 